Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And my guest today, I told him, this is going to be like us meeting for coffee, except bring your own coffee because we're not going to be in the same place. So please welcome owner of Ersfeld Pharmacy in Dickinson, North Dakota, Steve Ersfeld. Hey, thanks, Sarah. Dr. Sarah, I appreciate you having me on the program. And I do have my coffee here and I'm uh, ready to buckle up and uh, enjoy a little visit. <laughs> I love it. And I didn't bring coffee. I have a chocolate greens with glutamine. So, uh, but we both have a beverage and we're, we're good to go. So I am fascinated with people who encourage people to live better, do better, be better every day. And here we have a pharmacist who does just that and he does it in different ways. So please remember, I respect all professions. I respect what everyone does, but this guy steps outside of the box because he not only uh, hands out prescriptions, he really focuses on nutritional uh, aspects and supplements, and he wants to get to the root of the problem. He doesn't just uh, sell band-aids. So how in the world did you go from dishing out all the prescriptions to kind of flipping it upside down and dishing out everything that helps? Boy, that's that's been kind of a, a journey. I tell you, I... Um... Just a little background on me. I come from a family of pharmacists. I, my dad's a pharmacist. He opened our pharmacy, which is having its 40th anniversary this year. So wow. that's kind of a big deal for us. Um, I have three uncles, a cousin, and my oldest daughter's a pharmacist as well. So um, a lot of pharmacy in our in our family, a lot of pharmacy talk. You know, when I first moved back to Dickinson 26 years ago, uh, my wife and my mom would say, all right. We're not talking pharmacy when we'd have dinner <laughs> together and off the table. Um, but my dad had always um, wanted to get into compounding. So compounding is actually um, making medicine. So we, you know, there, there are products that might not be available commercially or, you know, maybe a commercial product doesn't work for them. Um, so it drove us towards that. And that, that happened in uh, 1998. And then, um, 2005, we we were just starting to get barraged with questions about supplements and how do they interact with our medication. And, you know, we, we weren't taught a whole lot about that in our pharmacy schools back in the day. Um, so we kind of went about and tried to educate ourselves and kind of figure that out. I hired a coach to help help kind of with that part of our business. And I had some colleagues of mine that we would kind of, you know, bounce stuff off of and work together on that. And then uh, one of my other pharmacists, uh, Chanel Decker, and I joined A4M. That was kind of brought on by a physician that was a member of that. So that gave us uh, a whole bunch of training on, on dietary supplements. And it just kind of evolved. And we've just kind of been a go-to source for that information in our community and I write a, a weekly article, which after I'm done with this podcast, I have to finish that up because I have a deadline today. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's been it's been a journey and it's been fun. It's so so much fun to have people excited about their health and wanting to actually turn things around and get better. So yeah, it's been fun. Do you find that most people are more concerned about taking supplements? or actual prescription medication? Because I feel like people are like, whoa, I can't take that. I don't know X, Y, and Z. I don't know this, that, the other thing. And I'm thinking, well, you could buy it off the shelf at Target and you probably wouldn't think twice, but. 
Yeah, I, that's a good question. You know, we've, my practice has evolved, you know, we used to be, we used to fill 300 prescriptions a day and now we fill less than a hundred right now. So we, we don't, we're not in that, that, that filling um, aspect of, of pharmacy like we used to be. Um, I, I don't know. I, that's, that's a question I guess I don't have a good answer for. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They're, they're interesting. People are just interesting and they, they are so smart. They're so well-read. I think there's so much information out there that people are learning things and they come to us with ideas and teach us that, I mean, I'm not the expert, but I, I know quite a bit, but it always marvels me when I get a, you know, a 75 year old, 80 year old uh, person that's been taking supplements for 40 years, come in and, and tell me what they're doing. And it's, it's exciting. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you find it frustrating when someone won't, maybe not frustrating, maybe even sad when people won't look outside of the box for their health and they do just want a pill to solve everything? Uh, I think it's frustrating. I think, you know, in, in our role, it's, you know, we try and meet the patient where they're at, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, one of our one of our mottos kind of is to inform and educate our our patients that come to our pharmacy. You know, we don't try and convince them. We'll give them information and let them act on it. Um, but you know, even the ones that just get the prescriptions, I mean, that's that's what they want, and that's maybe all they know. So, you know, try and like like you said, you don't you try not to judge practitioners. We try not to judge mm -hmm. our patients either because it's it's hard, you know, they, that might be their, their only source of information and maybe that's all they can afford too. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's a good way of looking at it. I always yeah. get frustrated when people don't want to try to help themselves, but I also am in the business of, um, you know, people will come in with a sore low back and they want it fixed right now. And, you know, it's annoying to come back a second time. So, you know, and sometimes I'm like, but you haven't iced and you haven't stretched and you haven't been here for two years. So I, and I'm more than willing to help them, but it's always hard for me because I'm like, man, if we did a few things differently, I bet, I bet this uh, motor would be running much more smoothly. Totally agree with that. I think it's, it's hard to be, um, loaded with all this knowledge that we have and and know that we can help patients and they don't necessarily want to go down that road. That's hard, definitely. And even even I'm sure you can attest to this, having having the best protocol, you can have the best protocol uh, for any patient, but if they don't follow it, it's not going to work for them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's hard to get them motivated. Um, and that, you know, begins with diet and exercise and getting good sleep and stress reduction, you know, that those are hard things for people when they're not used to doing that. So, you know, trying to, to take baby steps in their process. And we always preach about, about the, you know, the journey being a marathon and not just a sprint mm -hmm. because most patients didn't get where they're at like yesterday. I mean, it's been a long process of maybe a decline in health. It's not going to, it's not going to fix itself overnight, right? It's not going to fix mm -hmm. itself with, with an adjustment overnight. It takes mm -hmm. time and effort and, and they have to have buy-in on that too. So let's talk about the 
The one controversial thing I want to talk about, and I don't really think it should be as controversial, is ivermectin. Because um, some people are 125% against it. Some people take it on a regular basis. I mean, I know all people from the spectrum on that, and I'm totally cool with whatever anyone decides to do. But let's debunk some of the myths about it, okay? So first of all, ivermectin is or is not safe very safe okay it is safe if it comes from a pharmacy such as yourself correct but we should not be taking it out of the barn we should not probably be ordering it randomly online correct so i'll give you an example i had a I had a patient of mine a good friend of mine that was helping people with ivermectin um and dosing it from the veterinary side so Asked him about how much he was giving and what the doses were. And I'm like, well, you know, that's like five times greater than what they should be getting. And um, he said, no, I, I didn't realize that. I'm like, yeah, no, they're getting way more than they should. So, you know, there's it's all weight based dosing. So every time we get a prescription in, you know, we're calculating out what the weight is going to what the dose is going to be based on you know, milligrams per kilogram and trying to figure that out for the patient so that they get a, a precise and good dose based on what the protocols are out there. So yeah, no, it's, it is safe, but yeah, it would be best if gotten from a, a pharmacy. <laughs> and you compound it in your pharmacy with zinc, correct? That is correct. And we do that. Um, we do that because obviously ivermectin is a zinc ionophore. It's going to help drive zinc into the viral body and kill off the virus. So that's the reason for that. So, so how many, why did the, why does everyone think, first of all, before I get into any type of numbers, why and how did people think that this was unsafe? If it's coming from your, I feel like if it's coming from your pharmacy, it's safe. And I don't care if it's blood pressure, heart medication, blood thinners, whatever. You are giving the patient what they need, right? And some things are absolutely necessary. Um, but where and when did it become like this was such a toxic substance? Well, I, th I think at first, you know, the whole horse dewormer, it's a horse dewormer. Well, yes, it is a horse dewormer. It's also been used um, in Africa for decades for river blindness in humans so it's got a it's got a place on the veterinary side but it also has indications on on the human side and mainly for parasites um, is what it's what it's been used for historically um, so I think that's that's the first thing is that I think the media um, took it and ran and I I'm you know I I think that the media and all you have to do is watch TV for an hour and see how many drug company ads are on there. The media is not going to say something good about a product that can be effective um, where the drug companies can't benefit off of it because that would be shooting themselves in the foot. That's just, I mean, that's common sense. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, 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 so I, I do think they're, they're, you know, maybe it was a concerted effort and you could see it. I think last fall, last August, I don't know if you, you noticed that they, there was a huge push for debunking or 
um, I want to say, talking badly about ivermectin at that point. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, you could see it coming and it came hard. It was something. So did and, you have any people taking it before, um, 2020, 2019, are you filling any prescriptions for ivermectin? Um, every once in a while we would not, not, um, a big product, but we, we use it for people that maybe went, um, to, um, like third world countries, maybe on a mission trip, maybe came back mm. with uh, parasitic infections. So not not a common thing that we would um, dispense, but, you know, we had it on our shelf. So, But now it's pretty common. Now it's common uh, from uh, select practitioners are willing to prescribe it. Okay. Um, now let's talk about something else that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. And I'm very interested in LDN. And I do have very, very few patients on this. I think many more of my patients would benefit from it. But what is what is LDN and why are we taking it? So LDN is um, low-dose naltrexone. And naltrexone is a drug that is has been around for 50 plus years. Uh, it's been used at high doses, 100 to 200 milligram daily. It's an opioid receptor blocker. At those high doses, it would block that receptor 24 hours a day. So it was used and indicated for patients with alcohol addiction, opioid addiction, heroin addiction. Those drugs couldn't penetrate that, that receptor, creating whatever benefit, euphoria, whatever um, they would be, be getting from taking those medications. Um, so fast forward into the 80s, uh, there were a couple of researchers that were doing um, research on, uh, one of them actually had a fairly large age po uh, population in New York City. And what he, what he found out was that those patients had about 20% of the endorphin levels that you and I would have. Um, so he went about playing around with different things on how, how am I going to elevate endorphins in these patients? And he landed on low-dose naltrexone. So doses of one to five milligram plus or minus in that area. And what he found out that when he when you took that daily, you would get about a 300% increase of endorphins. And I always, I always, uh, I saw your eyebrow go up there with that. When I, when I talk <laughs> to practitioners, that's one of the first questions I ask them. Is like, if you had a drug that could increase endorphins by 300%, what would you think of that? And they're like, whoa, that's kind of, that's impressive. So anyway, this, this doctor had some of the best success rate, rates um, uh, on treating AIDS patients in the country at that time. Um, so fast forward that to probably 2010, and we had, we had been compounding this drug for maybe a couple of years at that point. Really didn't, didn't know a lot about it. You know, we knew the drug, we, we didn't know the mechanism, we didn't really know what was going on about 2015, I had been to a conference and um, speakers were talking about low-dose naltrexone and what it did in the body. And, mm -hmm. and the mechanism is amazing. It affects 13 different receptors in your body. So the first thing that it does in these small doses is it blocks the opioid receptor for just four to six hours. And when we do that, we send, some, send a message to our brain that we need to override that, that blockage. And we're going to override that blockage by producing our body's own um, opioids, which are endorphins and enkephalins. 
Um, so sits on that receptor, endorphins and enkephalins go up, removes from the receptor. Now those endorphins become your body's opioid pain reliever, stimulating the opioid receptor, creating a pain relief. So, and there's seven different opioid receptors. So it does a lot of different things in that, in that, that uh, makeup there. So that's the first mechanism. Second mechanism is that it, it, um, works on our immune system. There's a receptor there called the opioid growth factor receptor. And when that's stimulated, we just get this mediation of our in, uh, immune response downwards. So inflammatory markers start to fall. So um, I always explain it like a sprained ankle. We know we get a sprained ankle, we have an injury. So we get all these mediators that rush there. We got uh, swelling, inflammation, water, all this, all these things, fluids fills up. In a normal person, eventually that inflammation is going to subside, correct? Um, in a person that's got uh, an autoimmune condition, the inflammation just doesn't subside. It just remains elevated. And that's kind of chronic pain, chronic inflammatory conditions. This drug, when it stimulates that opioid growth factor receptor, all of a sudden the, the inflammatory markers start to fall. It does not impair your ability to have an immune response if you were to become injured or something, but it just takes those inflammatory markers and mediates them downward. So the third mechanism, which is in our central nervous system, because we have we also have kind of an immune response in our central nervous system, is that there's a receptor called toll-like receptor 4. And toll-like receptor 4 is kind of the gatekeeper to starting microglial activation, which is a cascade of inflammatory events going on, creating neuroinflammation. So think Parkinson's, uh, migraine headaches, Alzheimer's. Um, those are kind of the things that we work with on, on the, you know, actually COVID patients that have brain fog. Just had one in today before I, before I got on the podcast. So my brain seems to be clearer, she said. She's been on a naltrexone for over a year now. So we've, we've got a drug that affects 13 different receptors with just um, a very safe drug, been around 50 plus years with very few incidents of, of adverse events. It's pretty inexpensive, uh, about 60, 65 bucks a month. And it just does a lot of different things for a lot of different people. I hear so often from people how expensive their medication is uh, it's a hundred dollars a pill, and you're telling me that people can do this for sixty dollars a month. Correct. Okay, so I'm glad that you brought up the autoimmune issue. So I have celiac, and mm -hmm. a lot of times that will lead to thyroid issues, and you know all these other different issues. Thankfully, I don't have any of those. I follow my diet quite well, and I think I supplement pretty well. However, I will. I recently did the Omega Quant test, and this is oh. the second time doing it. Um, if you, if anyone doesn't know what the Omega Quant test is, I did a podcast on that with the gal uh, from Omega Quant. It's telling you basically how inflamed you are, or maybe how deficient you are in fish oil. And my, like my arachidonic acid wasn't too high, but I will have very specific joint pain in two of my joints, one big toe and one finger and it, it will be chronic and I will have it for a long time. I take fish oil, PRMs, blah, blah, blah. Um, would LDN help in a situation like that? 
I think it would. So I, you know, I want to take a step back. I want to just tell people that LDN is not a cure for their illness. It's a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. It's a Band-Aid. It's, it's probably the best Band-Aid that I've ever had the opportunity to work with. I mean, it from, from a safety standpoint, from a cost standpoint, from a side effect standpoint, all those things are, are very positive. Um, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, what, what is the underlying cause of any autoimmune, uh, any autoimmune condition is, is kind of the key to fixing that. But, you know, how do we figure out if it's a microbe, if it's a toxin, if it's a leaky gut or a food issue going on? Those are things that you can dial in and diagnose, but some people will go their entire life and not be able to figure that out and suffer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is a, this is an avenue to get some healing. So yes, I would say, I think that would be beneficial for you. I have you have you gone down the uric acid road with that? Have you not? Because I, I would I would check your uric acid. I mean, I always think big toe. Um, I, have you have you read? Um, I'm trying to think of uh, Dr. Perlmutter's uh, book, Dropping Acid. Mm-mm. Take a take a read on that. That's a good read. Um, talks all about uric acid and what what that does as far as a. Uh, precursor to bad health and inflammation and things like that. So um, that would be something. And I think the recommendation for for men, I know it's, you want to be less than 5.5 for women. I'm not sure. I think it was a little bit lower, maybe 4.5. Don't quote me on that, but I would look at at a uric acid level and see if that's elevated because you can easily influence that uh, with dietary supplements um, or, Mm -hmm. you know, allopurinol prescription wise. So that and and that works with a lot of different things like there's a lot of different conditions that ldn can help with oh totally we go from pain to autoimmune fibromyalgia i think is one of the biggest ones because that's that's a that's a tough one to treat and people oftentimes get put on things like gabapentin or lyrica which are you know can really mess with their 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 central nervous system, their thinking, their their clarity, things like that. So that's one that we see really, really good benefit with right out of the shoots. But yeah, so helping a lot of people with a lot of different conditions. So, do you do any hormone testing in your pharmacy? We do actually. Yeah. That is probably our biggest uh, part of our practice is um, you know compounding hormones. Um, we've been doing that since since we started compounding in 1998. Um, we use ZRT testing, uh, saliva testing uh, out of Beaverton, Oregon. Um, we also have um, access to the Dutch test. Um, and then there are, um, I think those are the two, those are usually the two that we do, so. So then if I have a patient who does hormone testing and they need help, I could send them your way. Yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Real good. We do. We do consultations. We charge a fee for that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what are you saying to people who might be listening and they really aren't on the supplement train or there's no way they want to step outside of the box because they're nervous? What would what would you say to them? I guess I would challenge them, first of all, and, and uh, just say, how is your diet you know, on a scale of one to ten? Uh, where do you, where does your diet sit? I mean, if you're if you're eating uh, organic fruits and vegetables, grass fed beef, 
um, fresh caught uh, salmon, things like that. You know, you might be getting a, a plethora of nutrients and all all of those things, but for the mass vast majority of it, people are not um, eating that well. And if you're not eating that well, a supplement is there to supplement your diet. You know, we're gonna we're mm -hmm. gonna supplement and and fill in the gaps that that you're not getting from, you know, maybe not taking in the right right kind of nutrition. So that's kind of where I start. You know, we we kind of lean on the Fab Five, Core Four. You know, vitamin D, vitamin uh, vitamin D, probiotic, fish oil, multivitamin, uh, fruits and greens. Yeah, you know, those are those are kind of our staples. And you know, if anybody comes in the pharmacy and say, "Where do I start?" That's where we're going to start them. I'm just thinking that's probably what you do as well, huh? Yep. And what is your recommendation on fruits and greens? Because there's 20 servings of fruits and greens in a scoop of the Nutridyne fruits and greens. But if a person says, I don't eat very many vegetables, what are you recommending for them? Oh, I'm going to recommend that for sure. How many? How many scoops? Mm -hmm. I, I'll get them to do one. I always start with one. I mean, you can do multiple. I mean, I, I know I've got practitioners that are going to do six to 10 scoops a day. You know, I think that, um, you know, for somebody that's not doing something like that, that's going to be a big jump from going to zero to six. But mm -hmm. if you can just get them to do one, just start with one. I mean, not many people are getting nine servings of fruits and vegetables uh, daily, are they? No. So getting getting them in, a, you know, it's not a replacement for eating fruits and vegetables. It's, you know, you're, you're missing out on the fiber and everything else that's involved with, with eating the raw um, fruit and vegetable. But uh, if you're, if you stink at it, this is this is not a bad place to start. You know, a lot of people on the Seven Systems program will tell me, I'm not hungry. I can't eat any more fruits. And I know I ate, you know, and they've eaten a lot. And they'll ask if they can drink fruits and greens. And I will say yes, because they've already eaten a bunch. And it's either fruits and greens or nothing. And I would much rather you drink the fruits and greens than nothing. Oh, totally. That's a great idea. Yeah. I want to so know what your favorite, um, what did you say? So you're doing the seven systems as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing that. We uh, are my last class graduated in June. I haven't, uh, I need to start up another class um, this fall or maybe after the first of the year. It's just been busy at the pharmacy um, because it's a commitment. It's a commitment for, for, for the patients, a commitment for us as providers to meet with them every week. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, we'll see if I can get another class revived. That is, that, that's an amazing program. Are you finding that? Uh, yes, because it's real food, it's sustainable and you don't gain the weight, you don't lose it and then gain it right back. You just change like small lifestyle changes. Right. But the, you know, having your patient go in with not knowing a, a lot about that to coming out with this education base on all these different systems in our body is like it's like a gift to them man it's like they've just like oh my gosh i didn't know that i didn't know that i didn't know that you know i mean it's amazing dr luce is incredible and he truly is and i just find when you educate people um, they're, you know, when you know it in the back of your mind, instead of just being told what to do, I'm really bad at being told what to do. If someone tells me what to do, I'm like, well, probably not going to do that. 
Um, but in this case, we, you know, obviously we say you should take, you know, these things, but we're educating you on why you should do it. And that really does help. Totally. I agree. What's your favorite function of food? My favorite functional food is, um, I would have to go with hormone balance. I think that's the one that helps. Um, it helps so many women get their cycles balanced and in a better spot. I think, you know, with the amount of xenoestrogens or estrogenic like components that we have in our environment, you know, getting rid of those, you know, I, I, and I might be biased. I, I have three daughters. I work with all women at the pharmacy. <laughs> so I got to <laughs> keep, keep those ladies uh, straightened out. So yeah. Oh, that's, that's why. Yeah. How about you? What's yours? Um, well, I almost daily I have, I like the collagen, which isn't a functional food, but I'll put um, collagen and greens and I either do the hormone balance or I do... I have to, I'm going to be honest, Inflamix, because I really like the pineapple um, Inflamix. I just like the taste of it. And I really do think it helps with bowel movements and my husband swears by it. And my four-year-old even likes it. Um, but I have one of almost every one in my house, so I rotate through. But yep. Inflamix might be my favorite. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, anything we can do to re reduce inflammation, right? Absolutely. But do you drink the hormone balance or is there one that you like to drink daily? No, I, I kind of rotate them through too, as well. Um, the hormone balance I'll do, I've done uh, the 10 day detox with the hormone balance. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I, I like them all. Um, I'm, you know, at first when the cardio metabolic one came out, it kind of tastes a little bit funky, but I think they've, they've worked on that. They spend a Nutridine spends a ton of money on flavoring and, and trying to get those flavors um, right. And I think, you know, if you think about, have you taken greens products over the years? Mm -hmm. So back in the day when, when we first started this, I used to take um, a green product by Physiologics is what it was. And it was, so when we talk green product, we're looking for ORAC levels. We want high ORAC, oxygen, radical absorbance capacity is what it is. So it's how much, how many antioxidants are going to be in those, in those green products. And uh, to drive up the, the ORAC value, uh, you need to stick in herbs. So I would, I would take this um, physiologic greens product and my wife would be, it's nine o'clock in the morning. You, sm you smell like you've been eating pizza all day, you know, the oregano in there. And that she's like, you gotta cut that out of your <laughs> regimen. And it it tasted so horrible too. But the greens products now, I mean, you can drink them every day, and it's They're not so good. a pain to like choke them down or anything. Mm -hmm. They come such a long way. It's been it's amazing. So mm -hmm. I mint used to be my favorite one, and now thinking about it, I haven't had mint in a really long time. I should maybe grab a mint for old times' sake. That's one I, I don't think I've ever tried that. I'm not a mint really? fan. Never. No. Mm. I the chocolate mint, I've had that. I like that um, one. And that's good hot. I'm a okay. I haven't tried that. I'm a strawberry kiwi guy. Um that would be my go-to is what I've done. And I'm kind of a creature of habit. You know, I drink the same coffee, I drink the same drink, green products. Once I get into my habit, I'm I'm stuck. I don't know. I like the berry. 
Um, but the green tea, the chocolate and the chocolate peppermint people around my house will have hot as well. Just like in the winter time, they'll do hot or cold. Um, so when you're talking about the hormone balance and doing the detox, so way long ago when I first started dabbling into nutritional stuff, my husband needed an estrogen detox. And it doesn't matter how we came to that conclusion, but absolutely no testing was done for it, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, he was such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. he wow. was so bad and I never swear but that is the nicest way to say it he was horrible I've he was on the phone just and I said okay I cannot treat you anymore I cannot help you you need to go somewhere else and but like we went full-fledged we went cruciferous veg like we went all out and it was it, it was horrible wow wow how did you, so he didn't feel very good during the detox. Did he feel better on the backside or not? Yeah, probably when it was all over, but we didn't even get through the whole thing because it was like his, everything changed. His mood changed. Like, I don't know what the deal was. So I don't know, you know, if, I mean, should we have taken care of the leaky gut first? I mean, X, Y, Z, I don't know. Maybe we didn't have the right, pro I, he was horrible. He will tell you that too. He was horrible. Hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> I always find so so detoxing. What 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 is your usually takeaway point when you're done with the detox? What's what's your takeaway? Like how you should feel? Like just what you know, I always because when I get ever I get done with the detox, I'm like so hyper aware of what I put in my mouth. Like it brings me back to like, okay, wow, do I really want to have that candy or that uh I completely agree. I mean, it it just brings you back to like, yeah, I just, I felt good when I was doing it. I was eating good, clean food. And then, then, you know, you go off of that and it's like, I just don't want to start over and have bad habits. And it just, it's, to me, it's just a refresher, a reset. I, I like doing it. In fact, I made myself a shirt that said straight out of detox because then sometimes I'll remember. <laughs> and Sometimes I will want a snack and I will go in my pantry and I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't really have any nutritional value. So I'm really just eating it to eat it. So I kind of became a food snob doing that. And I'm going to be honest, there are times where like this weekend I had a peanut butter cup and that's something that I normally wouldn't have, but it's, I don't know. I've kind of become a little more food snobbish. Like if I'm eating something, I want to get something out of it. My, my downfall would be a hint of lime Tostitos. Those are very good. They're they're like crack. Yeah. Like, oh gosh. <laughs> Not that you know what crack is like, but <laughs> no, no. But I mean, just to me, they're like food crack. I think I don't know. They just like yeah. So try not to have those too often. But you know what? You know you gotta you gotta enjoy life too, and you gotta experience yes. things too as well. So balance. It's all balance. It is balanced, but as you know, and as I know, we do have to live by example, right? So someone oh. said something about um, eating out and I was like, well, right. But I mean, it's, I mean, maybe once every couple months, you're going to see me eating French fries. And I went golfing one night with some friends and I was just about to start this other detox. So I had a burger and fries and I hadn't had fries forever. And it was a big deal. Like, they're like, oh my gosh, you're eating fries. I'm like, yes, I'm going to have a few fries, people. <laughs> like 
All Don't right. you find that though? Like even I wanted to buy a hot tub and someone called me out and said, you're going to sit in chlorine water. I was like, okay, no, I was going to get a fresh water one, but thanks for keeping tabs on me. Yeah, no, I I don't, um, I think maybe Velva is pretty small, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Dickinson's a little bit bigger now and I I, uh, I don't get too much crap. So oh. yeah, but if I, I'd be fine with it too. I'd like, thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for looking <laughs> out for me. I'm not going to call you out on your big burger either. <laughs> you know, <so laughs> but I, I don't know. You know, no. you, when you when you go down this road, you you have to develop a little bit of a thicker skin because mm -hmm. it's a road less traveled for sure, even amongst your peers and colleagues and things like that. So I I'm on um, I'm on the state board of pharmacy. I'm actually the president right now, and Ooh. I um, I I try and drag my my fellow board members um, towards better health. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I, I I'm always trying to. You know, try not to be too preachy and just try and give them information and let them see if they'll take their journey elsewhere. Oh, so. sounds like you're encouraging people to do better, be better, live better. And that's what is so cool about you. Yeah. And you as well. Good well, stuff. thank you for coming on today. I totally went over. So I, I apologize. I did not respect your time. Like I said, I was, but I was having a great conversation with you. Yeah, it was. It was definitely like having coffee with a friend. So I, yeah. I this is the first time we met. So this is kind of fun. I know. Totally. Well, hopefully we can meet in real person soon. Oh, totally. For sure. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.